ever worried that you might be the cool kid You wear the latest fashions on top of all the trends Or have you ever worried you were too much in the mainstream Always so generic, more normal than your friends Well, we've devised a test to put to rest your fears There's no need to panic if you lend us your ears Tonight you can't sleep easy after all that you've heard Cause if you like the show, then you're probably a nerd Everyone and welcome to a new episode of the It's Canon podcast. It is a new month. It's a new day. I'm tired. I'm hungry. I'm aching. I'm a lot of things right now. But the one thing I know I am is that, as always, I'm your host. I'm Boris, and this week I am joined by Phil. Hey, Boris, how are you doing? I, I can tell you doing... I am hot and stinky. Hot and stinky. That's not no. going to be the episode name. No, good, good. No, it's just hot and stinky here in uh, Ontario where we record. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's boiling out there. So before we get started, happy Canada Day to you, Phil. Happy Canada Day and happy July the 4th. Exactly, I was going to go there. So... There we go. To all our listeners, we're covering the bases here, but I know that we have some some mixed cultures, and it's great. And it's great being in North America. It's great being anywhere in the world. Be safe. But it's that much better being in Canada. Yeah, it is. <laughs> all right. So <laughs> now that we've alienated half of our listeners, um, they're they're good too because they're they're yeah. I'm just saying, Canada is fun. Yeah, it's all right. Right. All right. So that's the political half of the show. Now, on to the better half of the show, the more fun half. Uh, Last week we were off because, well, we were heading into the summer holiday. And I know that a lot of people were kind of taking time off throughout the week. It was a staggered week of holidays. So that's why we kind of decided to take the week off. And this week we are back. You know, now that people are going back to work, we might as well, hey have a new episode and chat some stuff that everyone wants to listen to so this week we are going to be talking about all things news and then we're going to talk about everyone's favorite debate digital versus physical what side of the fence do you reside in well we're going to talk Mm. about that a little later but to get your juices flowing think about that send us your feedback Listen to what we have to say and let us know what you think. So, this has been a hell of a week, Phil. Oh, yeah? Why is that? Well, it's story time. Let's start oh. off with story time. So, sure. last Monday, I decided to finally start Last of Us 2. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah, I did. You probably caught up to me already. I'm probably ahead of you now. Yeah, yeah, because I, I didn't play it in the past couple of days. It's too intense. Yeah, it can be. Now, 
everything was working fine the night before, so this would be Sunday. My system was working beautifully. I was doing a. F- I believe we were comparing experiences at that point. Yes. Because it kind of came out of the blue. I know where this is going now. Yeah. Exactly. So Go on. I was finishing up The Last of Us just to, you know, get refamiliarized with the story, you know, and then and then head into the second one. So everything was working fine on Sunday night. Then Monday morning, like at 1, 2 in the morning, I decided to throw in the disc for Last of Us 2 since I've barely been sleeping this week. Um, everything seemed to be working fine. Uh, game downloaded properly. It's one of those new two disc games with the first disc being data. The second disc being the play game. The first disc taking about half an hour to download. And then you have the actual update file to deal with. So, you know, by the time that you insert the disc and can actually start playing, it's half an hour. That's not my rant. That is not my rant. It should be my rant, but that's not my rant this week. So I started the game, you know, thinking, okay, I just want to see, play maybe 10 minutes and then head to bed. And then I, <laughs> I, I had, you know, the two-day work week, and then I've been off. So I'm like, I'm going to be responsible. So I start playing the game, and right away... I start noticing these horrible bugs. So the game, without giving any spoilers, starts with a hand and a guitar and someone cleaning said guitar. You should have seen the bugs, Phil. Like, it was jumping. The hand would disappear. The rug, the rag would disappear. The hand and rag would disappear. You know, similar to my life. So... It was so annoying, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, this this is not normal. This is the opening scene. If this was an actual issue, you know, people would have a field day with this. So, I mean, I knew right away that something really, really, really weird was going on. And then I'm thinking about it a little more, and I noticed to even get to that opening cutscene, that loading scene, that, <laughs> you know, that loading screen, where you see the boat and the moths, mainly the moths. Yeah. The first time I played the game, that took five minutes to even get into the game. So I'm like, what the fuck am I getting into? And then I see all these bugs. And as the game goes, I'm seeing more and more bugs. I get through the opening credits fine. But then when the game starts, I start seeing more bugs. Once you start seeing characters walk... They weren't walking. They were fucking floating. They were jumping like fucking bunnies. They were, you know, everything that you see in bugs and development of a video game, that's what was happening to this game. So I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I'm like, oh, shit. Here we go. I just quit for the day. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to deal with this tomorrow. I don't want to worry about this. Um, No, this system is only two years old. My previous PS4, as I mentioned before, was destroyed in a flood. So, you know, I'm a little pissed off at this point. Come Monday, around 10 in the morning, I delete the file. I'm like, okay, maybe something was corrupt when I was downloading and installing. So I delete the file. Guess what happens, Phil? No, even better. It works. However, 
Same what? issues. Same fucking issues. But wow. this time, I was able to get past the intro, past the walking, and into another opening cutscene, and that's when it gets all buggy as hell. And I'm like, fuck you. Fuck you, PlayStation. Fuck you, Naughty Dog. So I'm like, I give up. I, I work through the day. Then it come evening time, I try it again. <laughs> <laughs> this is now the third time. I install the disc. I oh, install man. the update file. And I try the fucking game. And this time it was buggy throughout yet again. Um, and that's when I'm like, okay, this is really getting weird. This is really pissing me off. I take out the disc. I take a Q-tip. I start cleaning the Blu-ray. Um, you oh. know, within, and, 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 and it's not noticeably dirty. Like, you know, when for a system to fail, that motherfucker mm -hmm. has to be dirty. Like, yep. you know, just dirty. Yeah, crusted like, on finger goo. Yeah, I yeah, hear you. Like, it's got to be dirty. repulsive. So it wasn't that. So I'm like, okay, what the hell is going on? My hard drive isn't making any weird noise. My system isn't over. My system was overheating, but it wasn't sounding like a 737. Um, so I'm like, what the hell is going on? And I'm like, oh, fuck. Is this it? Is this the system? So I put in the disc again. Disc error. I'm like, fuck you. Try to eject the disc. Motherfucker won't eject. Is this a PS4 Slim or a regular? Slim. Okay, yeah, you see, I always worry about the Slims. Oh, no. That's where this is going to go. So, at that point, I'm like, okay, something's clearly wrong with my system in general. It doesn't seem to be hardware-driven. So software-wise, what can I do? I go through, I rebuild the database. Rebuilding mm -hmm. the database in PlayStation essentially means defragmenting the file, uh, the hard drive. And I know I've had some database issues in the past, and I kind of suspected that I was starting to have a hard drive issue. And this is over months and months of, like, the thing shutting off randomly, having disk issues. But it wasn't rampant. It wasn't, like, every day I was seeing these issues. It was once every few months. Once every few months, my PlayStation would decide to just fail. So, I completely initialize my system at this point. Wow. Four fucking hours later. <laughs> everything seems to be working great. So I set up the PlayStation and then when I go to start viewing my settings on the actual system, everything starts to go at a crawl. I'm like, motherfucker. Like it's mm -hmm. going so slow, going from one setting screen to the next, just so that I can sign on to PSN was taking two minutes. And I'm like, well, there goes the neighborhood. But I'm a stubborn motherfucker, so I keep trying. <laughs> I do everything you, I can. I get to make sure it breaks. I'm I'm gonna fucking make sure this bitch is dead before I bury her. So what I end up doing I do the initialization yet again, Phil. Again. <laughs> again. Oh. So for a second time, I'm initializing the system, but this time it's fucking empty. There's nothing in there for you to initialize. So luckily it only took half an hour. Hey, then, better than the four hour tour. <laughs> oh, it gets even better. 
Start the system back up. System settings. Hanging. Hanging. System turns off. Turn the system back on. It's not responding. <laughs> I literally pick up my PlayStation, shake it the way you should not shake babies. <laughs> Put it down. Reconnect everything. Start it up. Fucking bitch starts up normally now. Of course, of course. Exactly. That's technology for you. It, it, you know, it was. It's. It, I essentially did the equivalent of a of a Nintendo blow in the cartridge before putting in the game. That's what yeah, I did yeah, to my the, PS4. The, the thump on the TV back in the olden days, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, you just kind of give it the whack, and then boom, the picture's clear. Great, we're in business. Exactly. So everything's working fine. My setting screen is working fine. Put in the disc. Everything's <laughs> reading properly. So now for a fourth fucking time, I'm going through the Last of Us 2 install. By this, this is, point, this is, you're going to be like, this is your wheelhouse, how to install Last of Us 2. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Playing the game, no siree, but Boris, he's got that disc installed down. Yep. So it's about midnight, and it was a disgusting day here in Toronto. So I'm like, I'm, I'm sweating, I'm angry. So I'm gonna. I said, okay, it's installing. I have. I'm gonna about- say this too. All right, in your defense, when it's this hot, doing anything that draws any degree of aggravation makes the world seem that much hotter. Like shit, sweat will be coming off your head, and you're like, "What are you doing? Like building a fence or a deck? No, I'm working on computers." Like, because exactly. <laughs> you're just so frustrated. Oh, I was beyond frustrated. I was like. What the fuck frustrated at this point? I'm like, I'm ready to break up with you video games. Anyways, I have I have about 25 minutes at this point. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go take a shower when I'm back. Hopefully, this you know, I'll be at a much better place. Do my thing. Come back to the system. The progress hasn't even moved since I left. But oh. the fucking system waited for me to leave before it does this. <laughs> I'm literally seeing the progress bar get closer to 100% before I go. When I come back, it's at the same fucking percentage. So that fucking bitch waited for me to leave before it decides to fail. It's on you now. Yeah. So me and this PlayStation, we have issues at this point. So what I'm thinking, what the fuck do I have to do? I press the PlayStation, the hard press to go back to settings. Nothing. Nothing wants to work. Nothing wants to work. System shuts off on its own. Mm. Except when I turn off the system at this point, now I hear a, ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Like, the system at this point is telling me, fuck you, you know? And I know I'm swearing a lot, and I know the story is taking forever. the digital groan, baby. Yep. But I'm trying for, I'm trying to get everyone to understand my aggravation at this point. I think any time we're talking about four installs that take over an hour each, plus a four-hour refresh, um, yeah, you're going to be pretty angry. <laughs> so I turn. I don't know why. I just, I'm like, well, this system decided to turn off on its own. Let me try to turn it back on. I do so. Doesn't find an OS. It says, hey, can't access your OS. Reinstall. 
at this point, I remember, I don't have any USB sticks because I lend them out to people like an idiot. So I'm like, what the fuck can I do? So I MacGyvered a USB stick out of my camera memory sticks, and I had a thumb drive, like, uh, card reader. So I'm like, this motherfucker better work. Add yeah, the new, add the OS, plug that bitch into the uh, USB on the PlayStation port. It starts reading. Guess what happens at this point, Phil? It reinitializes the OS again for me. Oh, because that's that's part of the fun. Yes. However, this time, this time, when I try to start that system again, it starts up, and it does me one solid favor it ejects the last of oh, us two nice so it says here you go here's your present at the same time fuck you <clears throat> shuts off at least it ejects that disc man exactly it's the worst feeling when you got a disc in one of those drives mm-hmm. man because mm-hmm. you're like is it jiggly is it breaking what's it doing <laughs> Yeah. And I know we're 17 minutes into this story, but I want the listeners to understand the frustration I was going through. So, oh, I believe we got it, man. I'm at this point, you. at this point, I'm like, fuck it. What the hell's going on? Try to turn on the system again. At this point, I'm not even getting past the PlayStation suite. It turns on. Nothing is showing on the screen. The system is thinking about doing something. System turns off turns itself back on and i get the dreaded hardware missing air so i'm like well my disk drive is fucked so at this point i'm gonna play electrical engineer open up the the side panel it's really easy on the slim to get to the hardware or to get to the hard drive so hey props to sony i think on the original ps4 the the i'm glad to hear on the slim but i have pro uh, and the Pro is very easy to get to that hard drive, so props to them for that. Yeah, yep, exactly. Um, easy, so I'm like, okay, maybe it's just disconnected. Let me make sure that that thing is properly put in. It was <clears throat> still the same issue. So I'm like, well, it's about 3 in the morning at this point. Been trying for over 24 hours to play The Last of Us fucking 2, I've seen the intro about four times at this point. I've <laughs> installed it four or five times at this point. I've done three initializations. I've MacGyvered a USB stick. And I'm like, you know what? I'm a very technical person, but I'm throwing in the white towel at this point. So <laughs> I'm like, okay. Clearly, there's one of two issues going on. One of three issues. Blu-ray disc. Um hard drive or the actual SATA board that reads the hard drive. Two of those three I can fix. That SATA board I cannot. Though I know you can, but personally I've never done anything yeah, like yeah. that. You're going to have to get somebody to do it or yeah. or replace because you know let's let's just face it though too with all these systems now everything's integrated on the motherboards. There's no components anymore. That's a, uh, yeah. like you know, like it's like you got hard drive, disk drive, and then motherboard. So anything on the board when we're talking about fixing is really, yeah, your nightmare. Yeah, you, you're just better off buying a new one. 
exactly. So I was looking at prices for PS4, and then I remembered our conversation from three, four weeks ago. <laughs> and I'm like, well, am I going to buy another PlayStation 4, or shall I just wait and rely on backwards compatibility to play these <laughs> fucking games on PlayStation 5? So there's my use case for backwards compatibility. <laughs> well played. Well played, well Sony. Played. Well played. You heard me. You did something to my system. And now I'm paying for it. So, no. I priced out a new system. The system has gone up in price. How is this humanly possible? Because of COVID-19. I am. Because oh, it seemed the, the demand's super high on all the Nintendo Switches yeah. and everything like that. Because everybody now is stuck at home gaming. And the more that these, uh, what, Last of Us 2, 4 million copies in, like, the first weekend? Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. It's come on! It's ridiculous. 4 million! Yeah, it's absolutely at, ridiculous. At 80 bucks a crack! Huh? That's a lot of moolah. That, that is. And then, I'm like, okay, so I can fix two of the three issues that could be. So I can either fix the Blu-ray drive or the hard drive. I'm going to start with the basic one, and that being the hard drive. Go on to Amazon. Thank as much as Amazon as a corporate giant pisses me off. They're convenient. They're super yep. convenient. And I hate the, how convenient they are because I would love to live in a world where I don't rely and use Amazon. But they're convenient. Man, oh, man. Convenience is a price. The, you know, the guy, the people just show up at your house the next day with your package. Yeah. And you're all like, yeah. Yeah. It's just. That's the thing. So this is now, you know, that awkward time between Monday and Tuesday. And I'm like, fuck, if I order it today, there's a holiday tomorrow being Wednesday. When am I going to actually get the package? So I buy a two terabyte hybrid drive for 121 Canadian dollars. And it's supposed to get here on Thursday. I'm like, well, there goes my PlayStation for a few days. I'm going to play some Switch. I did not buy Animal Crossing. <laughs> so luckily the package comes on holiday wednesday i'm like this is why amazon is too convenient the you know get the package fucking rip that thing open just just rip it rip it like a wedding dress go to the ps open that bad boy up throw it in i get to the point where it now says hey there's no os here i'm like fucking thank you Thank you. Thank you. Yep. I also the bought a build US, is on. Yeah, I also bought a USB stick so I can load up the OS properly and not MacGyver something. Yeah, good call. 25 minutes from beginning to end and I was ha I had a working PlayStation. Nice. Yeah. So the hard drive failed, no clicking. It was overheating a little bit, but I've had these issues since I bought the fucking Slim, and it's what I've always said about the Slim, and any smaller yeah. iteration of these systems, is that how do they get it? Like, I understand that, you know, over a couple, the span of a few years, the industrial design, you can make stuff smaller. They do come smaller. But I just feel like these systems, like, you go from this massive box to something, you know, a quarter half the size, or you, you take out about a yeah. quarter, you're sacrificing something, and I know as a fact, well, I don't know as a fact, with my personal experience, the Slim just gets a lot hotter to begin with, so... Hey, I can tell you, like, 
here's where old man Phil comes in. What is it? I went through six Xbox 360s. All right. So this story has played out many a time with me and Microsoft. Um, I've gone through two Xbox Ones. I've gone through three Xbox Original. Um, so I have a little bit of experience with hardware dying, particularly in the Microsoft world. However, all of my PlayStations work. Yep. Including my giant pig of the PS3, you know, the huge one, the, one. Be- the beast. Yeah. Um, I still have my PS2. I never bought a slim model in my life because I never needed to. Now, that being said, PS4, I had the original launch day model. It started acting funny. All right. And I did the same thing as you. I tried to troubleshoot everything. I even got down to the point where I was isolating electrical circuits. But my PlayStation would decide at six in the morning to turn on and off by itself with nobody touching it seven times in a row, 15 times in a row. I would just sit there and watch it in a chair and it would just turn on. I don't know. I felt like it might be ghosts. I don't know what it was, but it was just, it played fine, but it just did this. And then it would corrupt the library and then I'd have to rebuild it. Right. I'd re-index every time. Cause I said, yeah. it didn't shut me off down. Right. And, and get it back. And then I'm like, okay, I've had enough. The PS4 pro comes out and I'm like, I'm trading this puppy in. I'm getting a pro. Yeah. And that's what I did, man. And you know what? It's big. Now, that being said, playing Last of Us 2, it sounds like a 737 is taking off when it, when the game kicks, all right? And I have a digital copy of the game, so it all preloaded. I didn't have to do any of this. It's interesting about the discs. Um, but what I did this week was, number one, I vacuumed it. <laughs> okay? Because yeah. I, I started, after your cautionary tale, <laughs> I started getting a little bit concerned about heating. And uh, I vacuumed it, which was a good call. There wasn't It wasn't as bad as I thought it would be, but I cleared all the vents. And then I bought those little legs from Amazon, those little 3D printed legs that pop into the side of the PS whatever you have. And I elevated it a quarter inch off my table. Yeah. And now the thing purrs like a kitten. Yeah. You, give, you open up the airwaves, the vents, the air now can yep. flow. It's still, it's still going at like mock speed. Like it's still under duress when it's playing this game yeah like it's definitely complaining but you but it's are not... not now becoming like trying to overpower my 5.1 surround sound yeah now you're not under duress playing it what oh i'm freaked out all the time well, here's playing the thing. It. well playing last of us too yeah but here's the thing like yeah, but it is comforting. You're right because now I I'm not as worried that the thing's gonna smoke up and just go. Yeah, you know what I mean. It, yeah, I, it'd be tough. Like right now, I'm noticing. I don't know if anybody else out there has noticed this, but for a while there, YouTube stopped working on the PlayStation. You couldn't sign in, and now you can sign in, but all the tabs work great. But whenever I go to my subscriptions and start watching content off my subscriptions tab, it's slow as shit. It's it's unmanageable. It's to the point now. I turn on my Xbox to go to YouTube, and, and get my content. Yeah, it's really weird. There's some funny stuff happening in in PlayStation world with 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 you know Google and YouTube and all that stuff. All the all the people are farting around with the code in the background. I well, blame you, boys. The other thing there is that you know a lot of these companies don't like playing nice with each other. So 
you know. Yeah. Well, that 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 was an interesting thing that happened with uh, not being able to sign in, because basically YouTube was combating it with, well, pick up your phone, grab the the video that you want to watch, and then choose cast it to your PS4. Yeah. That was the way you could get around it. And yeah. I'm like, well, that's just not convenient. Uh-huh. I just want to sit here with the controller, and click on what I want to click on. You know what I mean? And and then it started getting me because I was going to get so pissed off, and I didn't want to switch all my inputs and everything, even though it is pretty easy. Because I basically bought boxes to do everything. So I started like just watching YouTube on my laptop. Yeah. And then then what happens is you start commenting on stuff. And then no, 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 no. That's when YouTube gets bad. No, I no. just want to watch the shit, agree or disagree. And In then not really get into an internet argument. Exactly. About having an opinion that's basically harmless. Exactly. And some person it's like oh my gosh how can you think that oh my gosh i'm so offended that you like the last of us too oh yeah i know god god forbid that we actually enjoy playing a video game yeah and you know what and i'll call it out now too there's some poor lady who plays one of the protagonists or i don't know the bad guy the head bad girl and people are making death threats on her twitter right now i saw i saw some of the production people like, come on, guys, don't go after the people for working a job, all right? You don't like the writing, you don't like the game, that's fine, but you don't need to be issuing death threats to people over the internet. It's just absolute silliness. Like, does the game affect you so much? Do you hate the game so much, and does it affect your life that much that you're willing to issue death threats to people who are just doing their job? It's it's just silliness. It. I honestly, I blame it on, and here's old man yells at cloud. I blame it on kids being kids. I, I just don't think that they can separate in their mind that a character is different than than the person. You know what I mean? You can't get mad at somebody for taking on a role in a movie or video game or whatever media uh, they choose to perform in. It's performance. They got a paycheck, and that's it. You know what? Just leave them alone. Leave the people alone. If you want to really complain, go after the developers and, and let them know and be respectful. Like, it just doesn't take much to, to just have an ounce of respect for somebody else. You may not agree with what they produced. You may not agree with the story beats they've, they've delivered. But my goodness, I will fall back on four million copies sold in a week. Yeah. That's a lot of game, man. A lot of games. So they're laughing their way to the bank no matter how bad you feel or don't feel. It's such now, a. I will say this about the game, though. It is grindy, like yeah. it's it's not Animal Crossing grindy, but I can definitely see some now because of all this controversy surrounding the game. I think that there's a really difficult time to have an articulate discussion about the problems that the game does have, because it's the the polarization of the argument on the internet about whether or not you like the story beats or don't like the character decisions or don't, like the character models or don't, are all lost in the fact that at the core of this game, there are some fundamental flaws that won't be discussed about pacing and things like that. Now, story pacing and everything seems to be on point, but I'm at the point now where everything just feels the same. Every encounter feels the same. Everything when I go in to play that game feels the same. The story's not advancing fast enough for me to really hold me in like the first game did. And the first game did have the, the little dips and doodles for for the story beat. 
but by and large, it, it when it picked up, it picked up. This one is, is taking its time catching. The flashbacks are fun. You know, they're nostalgic. There's a lot of stuff happening in the game. I, I recommend people play it. You yeah. know, I'm not so, going to ruin or spoil anything. No, but here's my my one gripe with the game, and it's just that I feel probably the loading screen. Well, after <laughs> I got the entire system working, so Wednesday at yeah. 5 p.m., I was finally able to start playing the game. Anyways, so and I agree with your 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 statement about it feeling kind of grindy and it feels like you're doing the same thing over and over again, and that's because I feel like. It's essentially two games in one, and once you reach that midpoint, everything feels almost similar, just Mm -hmm. one major difference, and it's not enough of a difference for me to make it feel like a new game. And I find that, you know, it's taking a page out of The Walking Dead where anything that can go wrong will go wrong, and it's just like, at what point can this, can I relax and rest and, like, save and, you know, go to the bathroom um, because yeah. I find some of these encounters just take hours sometimes, and it's like, yeah. okay, I'm free. Then I trip down, you know, a house yep. and 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 do all this over again. So there is some repetition with the story, um, with the gameplay, not the story. Uh, yeah, with the, with gameplay. the gameplay. Um, and I think that's my biggest issue with it. You know, I I know that I've seen a lot of people criticize the the pacing of the story. I'm okay with it. I know there's the entire social issue in regards to, you know, people being represented and representation in general. I'm okay with yeah. that. But yeah, there are some issues with the gameplay and I feel like Naughty Naughty Box are, they're kind of still testing things out for something else. They're kind of playing with with uh with what they can do and what they can't do. Um, mm-hmm. So it'll be kind of interesting to see what their next game is going to be, and not doesn't necessarily have to be a next Last of Us, but you know whatever. No, Uncharted Five. Yeah, exactly. You know, on on the PlayStation Five, the five fives exactly. line up. Like, come exactly. on, that's a marketer's dream. Yeah. So we'll see. But yeah, so I'm finally playing, and I think I'm three quarters of the way done the game. And like I said, whoa, yeah, I think I'm about a quarter. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. From the from the way I look at the Rad Brad's kind of YouTube channel, he paces very similar to me in his plays, and I'm on like part fifteen, and there's fifty parts. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know, and there's problems too for me personally with it being like the uh, Walking Dead or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, Walking Dead, where there's just moments where you're playing the game, it's freaking quiet, it's late night, and you're just like okay, you know, this should be a relatively predictable thing. And kudos to Naughty Dog for messing with people in the story a little bit. And then, I don't know, there was one scene in Seattle. I can't tell you much more about it other than uh, the introduction of tripwires. Uh-huh. And that that nearly blew the pants right off me because it scared the shit out of me so bad. Because in 5.1 surround sound and DTS, that happened, and holy cow, it was uh, sleepless in Toronto. <laughs> yeah. There's two parts that got to me, so that's one of them. First time I stepped on a tripwire, because I at night I play with my headset, because yeah. I want to listen to the full experience, and I don't want to wake anyone up. Um, so I you know, play with my headset. Uh, so there was that encounter, and then when you're introduced to the new type of of quote-unquote zombie uh, oh yeah yeah 
you know, those, those. And floaters. Oh, the other ones. Oh, I, maybe I haven't met them you yet. Maybe not have. And th- th- like that introduction and any time that they are kind of in an area, the game just goes from, you know, being creepy to I'm now having some anxiety playing this game. Ooh, Ooh I'm not looking forward to that. Yeah. I am and I'm not. <laughs> so I'll, I'll disclose that to the audience because they're probably like, Phil, why the hell do you play it if you're scared like this? And it just comes down to it's a good uncomfortable for me. I, I mean, it's good storytelling. I, I really enjoy the characters. Yeah, this is the first game that I'm. I can honestly say that has quote unquote creeped me out since the original Silent Hill on PlayStation One. Mm. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not a genre that I say this, and I have to recount it. Recant it. Um, I always say to myself, I'm not really into this thriller horror type game. Like, you know, these these really scary games, these creepy environments and whatnot, or movies. And yet, almost everything has this aspect to it. So it just comes down at the end of the day, I guess. It, it doesn't really get a label on it unless it's going to be like a Silent Hill yeah. or something like that. You know what I mean? Where it's like marketed straight up. This is going to freak you out. Um, yeah, these games are uh, definitely pretty darn good. Yeah. So... Yeah. Long story or short story long. That is my adventures with the PlayStation 4 this week. And finally, I've, like I said, I've, the past few days I've been grinding that game. Um, I've had nothing else to really do, so I've been playing. I don't play like 24/7. I play in the evenings. I don't. I'm not one of those people who can play all day, but I play, you know, enough in the evening to to last for the day. Um, and uh, yeah, that's where I am. So that is my adventure with the PlayStation 4. And boys and girls, ch- clean your systems, check your hard drives, don't turn off the system when it's still connected, or else you're going to fall into Boris and Phil territory of frustration. Hey, I, I, would, I would advise don't even sleep it. Turn the thing off at the end yeah. of the night. That's the thing. Honestly, I don't know what that sleep crap does. It keeps I... the system on. It's literally just so that you can keep an internet connection so that you can download games, download yeah. updates and stuff. I don't mind doing that for updates or, or big games or whatever when I know they're coming in. I'll, I'll just r- sleep it for that. But, I mean, the rest of the time I'm turning it off because it's not really – if you try to turn on the Xbox One from a cold boot, man, oh, man, that is just – that's torture. I get sleep in that system. But the PlayStation boots up pretty fast. It's a pretty pretty uh, light and nimble OS as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, so speaking of hardware frustrations and whatnot um... – you know, we're going to stick to video games and we're going to talk about something else. And here, earlier this week, Nintendo formally apologizes for Joy-Con drift. So Nintendo has said mea culpa as it pertains to their Joy-Cons. Apparently, a lot of the Joy-Cons have issues. I've only gone through two, like, I've had to buy one repair set of Joy-Cons. And it's not because of a hardware issue. It's because someone dropped my Joy-Cons in wine. And I oh. know that person listens to this uh, podcast. So thank you for that. It's very whiny. Ah, you're funny. But, yeah, well. So, yeah, so you have Nintendo actually apologizing for their issues. Um, have you played or touched a Nintendo Switch Lite? Um. I have not, but my niece has purchased one, mm-hmm. and that was one concern that I had, is that the Joy-Cons aren't 
replaceable. Like at least with the Switch, it's modular, right? So you can just buy some new ones, slap them on, still seventy bucks out of your pocket or fifty in the states or whatever it is. It's it's a pretty dear amount of money. But I always worry about those all-in-one systems. Even my PlayStation Vita. Yeah. I'm always just a little bit worried about that with the Joy-Con and the drift and. Because I don't know, I don't know what everybody else's experience is, but with my level of gaming, I pretty much have to buy a new PlayStation controller once a year, and it will coincide with a heavy game, you know, like, oh, Destiny 2 came out, yeah, that's a new joystick, because I'm going to wear this joystick out, like, I'm going to kill the sticks. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've used the stick extenders, I've tried to do everything to to get longevity. The only one that really seems to have lasted is uh, my Xbox Elite controller, the the Pro Elite. Yeah. That one's that one's very well made, but that being said, I don't game half as hard on it. Yeah, I as, don't. You know. I don't. I'm I'm very nice to my hardware for the most part. I've never had these issues. Um, like I said, I, I I still have my original Joy Cons for Switch. My little sister, she has a uh, Nintendo Switch Lite, and the the system feels really well done. Like you know that they've taken that into consideration. Good and. They, it's it's a lot better. It feels good. It even has a proper D pad on mm. the left side as opposed to you know the the four yeah, separate the, buttons. The um, so thing. yeah, so apparently you can get a Joy-Con now with a D pad, but uh, yeah. So there's a company that actually has some good customer service as opposed to other ones. So sticking with video games, um, you know we saw. And we've talked in great detail about the next-gen systems, mainly PS5. Uh, one thing that has come to light over the past few days is the chatter on pricing of video games. <laughs> yes. So, in the States, as we talk right now, as we speak, today, this generation of gaming, to buy a new video game, at least a, um, you know, a... A, a, what do you call them? Triple uh, A game. It costs triple A title. Triple A title. Fifty nine ninety nine in the U S of A. Seventy nine ninety nine here in Canada. Well, for yeah. PS five and Xbox Series X, there's going to be a ten dollar jump in price. So for th- a new release in the U S of A, you're going to be spending sixty nine ninety nine, beautiful price, and in Canada, you're going to be spending eighty nine ninety nine for a new title. And uh, Best Buy has released uh, the pricing for NBA Two K One for pre orders. You can actually pre order it now for PlayStation Five, and that is the price. So ten dollar nice. increase. How does that make you feel? Not good. Now I, you're you're paying a hundred bucks a game now. Yeah. Well, um, you know what? Already, you go and you buy the game digitally in the store, or whatever. You probably are going to be buying add-on content or a deluxe version. So all the add-on content is given to you at a slight discount. If like I'm reasonably sure on most of my games, like I go, hey, look, Borderlands Three is up. Uh, let's get the whole kit and caboodle. You know, one hundred nineteen dollars. Mm-hmm buy it all i'm not gonna have to worry about purchases all the way through or downloads things like that i'm gonna be able to game with my friends and get get the stuff done so games are already pretty dear but this puts it up another 10 to 20 dollars canadian right like it's just getting out of hand yeah 
it, it's becoming very selective. And I think there was something I was watching this week where they were talking about the video game industry and, and the amount of money, you know, like Last of Us 2 and whatnot are developing and then examining the actual industry of video gaming. And I think that they came to some conclusion that the video game industry makes twice as much as Hollywood does. Yeah. So put that in perspective, though, but I'm going and buying a movie for $24 and then next to it, I'm going to be buying a game for 90 bucks. Like no wonder why it's double or triple, you know, in, in terms of size. Here's, and, here's... and then on top of it, plunking down the price to get the the device to play it and the controllers, you know, if I need an extra or it, it's a constant money suck, the whole gaming industry. Yeah, here's the thing, though, and this is kind of like that black box of the entire software industry, is that it does cost a ton to actually get something out there, and it's code. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people think code is code, code is easy to do, but it, you know, there's a lot that goes into it, the technology, the motion capture that goes into a video game and all that fun stuff, a lot of that yeah. costs a lot of money, um, and I'm not justifying the price increase like um, certain groups have, but... You know, there is a lot that you have to consider. Um, so there was a lot of conversation about this. And there's been a lot of claims that the, the costs on next generation console platforms have increased by 200 to 300% depending on the IP, studio, and genre. Um, so, you know, they're saying that, hey, while the games have been at $59.99 since 2005, cinema tickets uh, have raised 39%. Netflix has gone up 100%, and cable TV packages 105%. So they're trying to say, hey, look, it costs more for us to create this content for you. We haven't raised the prices in 15 years. It costs us, you know, two to three times more. We're, it's time that we get our, 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 our you know, Piece of the pie at this point. Well, two points to that, two counterpoints. Number one, digital games, as we're going to talk about, exist. And that means money's funneling straight into their pockets versus uh, distributors, mm. things like that, a physical production, things like that. So the margins have to be higher. I don't, I, you know, I'm not going to make so excuses. I will counter your counter with saying okay. that. Um, the yes, the money does go direct to publishers, but there is the cut that they have to give to the actual stores. So, okay, that's and that's a bit of a black box as well. You know, yeah. you're you're now well, seeing. Well, I issues. don't know their economics, and I'm probably pretty sure they're not going to disclose it. They're just going to allude to it, like you did, and that's fine. Okay, I I'm, I I can understand. I'm going to pay the price. Here's my demand as a consumer: make the shit work. All right, I'm tired of companies like Bethesda and whatnot going out. And releasing shit on opening day, charging full freaking price for Fallout 76 or whatever the hell it was, and then watching people beta test their game while paying for it, and then releasing patch after patch after patch. Oh, how about Assassin's Creed Syndicate? There's there's a plethora of games that get released that are just absolute garbage, like walking lit, like walking pieces of shit on your system that are just destroying your system. Let's look at Anthem. Let's look at some of these titles that overpromise, and then they don't even deliver. And these are the same freaking pirates. They're sitting there making these claims. Oh, well, it's costing us a lot to make them. I don't doubt it is, but how about you make it work? Yeah, you know? I agree. How about that? 
I agree 100%. Right? Cuz I think the the video game industry gets away with absolutely atrocious consumer behavior in over-promising and under-delivering on all kinds of product. They tease the crap out of people as to, oh, look at this. This is going to be the best video game ever. And then when you get the product in your hand, it doesn't even look anything like what they promised you. Yeah. Like, that's... there's a lot of smoke and mirrors in this industry. And for them to be making the claims that they do is just downright insulting to consumers that have to spend a lot of money it is. to get the product. It is. All right? I don't doubt that there's not a lot of work involved. I don't doubt that there's all this motion cap and all that. But there's a lot of developers out there that completely hose players. 100%. All right? There's a lot that do great work. All right? I'm in constant awe about the acting, the voice acting, the light systems, everything in Last of Us 2 and other AAA titles. All right? But I am sick to death of studios mailing it in. Yeah. I agree 100% with you there. That if I'm going to be paying premium price for a premium game, give me a premium product. And I don't mean the actual quality of the game in the sense of do I like this game or not. It's is this game working or not. I've yeah. had it with so many titles being day one updates because they put out a subpar release or you having to wait for an update to even get to a certain point or stuff like that. Hey, you know, at this point now, you know, the whole, the whole EA gambling system needs to fucking go um you know dlcs need to be rethought of like if we're paying the price give us the full game you know i've had it with with yeah. with paying the the base price of 79.99 and then having to pay you know 15 dollars for two hours of content down the road times two yep. to three times and then waiting for updates you know on a for an actual game you can be putting up to $130, $150 to get the full experience. Yeah, and shout out to CD Projekt, which are developing Cyberpunk 2077. They delayed it again, and I know that it's got to piss off a lot of people November 17th or 19th. It's it's mid, mid-November. But good for them for doing it in the sense that they released a whole bunch of uh, of the existing versions to people with the promise, hey, look, the game's done. The act, the the story decisions are made. We're just doing polish and and whatnot in the extra time to make the game work that much better because it's so huge, it's so complex. And then they let people play it, like some of the industry people. They got four hours in there. Everybody had a different experience. It looks like it's going to be fantastic. But this is, you know, the counter that point of Bethesda and sometimes Ubisoft and other game uh, companies that just basically release beta versions on a full pay basis. You know what I mean? Apologize to people and say, hey, look, we're going to refund you 50% of your cost because this game doesn't even work. But we're going to give it to you and help us. Please tell us what your system's doing with it. You know, yeah. be honest with, with the consumers. Yeah. I'm okay you know? with delays. I'm okay with uh, waiting longer to get a game as long as the game works. But I've had it with, with cases. Like, I remember five years ago when Batman Arkham Knights came out. It was it was so unusable for the PC that they had to pull it from old stores. Ooh. Like, how bad is that? How bad? It's not good. Is that? Not good. Yeah, it's just the optics of that is ridiculous. But gamers allow that to happen. But here's the thing about gamers, and I know I'm gonna get a lot of flack for this. Hey, take all your anger about representation in your game, about you know having lesbians in your game take that anger 
put it and actually criticize the studios for the quality of the game that you're getting. Yep. You know? I'm okay, you know, for the record. I'm okay with the decisions they make in these, you know, like Last of Us 2 or whatever. Because it's their story to tell. It's not for me to tell them how to tell the story. Exactly. They can make whatever character decisions they want. They can depict them however they want. If I don't like it, I'm not going to buy it. Plain and simple. All right? And if I'm if I'm really going to be upset or there's something offensive in it, like, sure, okay, somebody's got to call it out. But I don't know. It seems like there's a lot of fence sitting on this one. It just... It just, it's really made a mess of a lot of the review channels. They're even freaking afraid to touch this title on a lot of fronts just because of the backlash. And it's unfortunate. Now you're seeing the whole thing about gamers, you know, getting review codes from publishers because you have quote unquote fans uh, crapping on these reviewers saying, oh, you're being paid off by the publisher. That's why you have a code, you know? Yeah. So it's gotten to the point where, as a reviewer, they're now picking and choosing what content they release. I know that a lot of people have pulled their Last of Us 2 content or stopped producing Last of Us 2 content because of the backlash that they're getting for just playing and talking about the game. Like, that's crazy. I know we're going back and forth, but anyways, I wanted to just get that out there. Going back to the price of the game. Give us quality. Give us quality. Yep. Give us quality. Give us quality. That's all I can ask for. I will pay whatever I can for a video game as long, especially a AAA title, but give me something that works. Hey, I'll put this plug out there too. Check out some of the indie titles. You know what? They don't charge the AAA prices. A lot of the times, the game is great. And I know there's a lot of indie stuff out there, but usually on Steam and on the PlayStation stores and Xbox, Microsoft store, the cream rises to the top. And uh, I'm I'm I love my AAA titles, but I'll tell you, when I get a good indie game, I enjoy that too. You know, like I, I I dig it. Same. And knowing that the money goes to those those developers or those small studios, you know, really makes a difference too. Outer Wilds, stuff like that, man. It's good. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. What else we got in the news, man? We have How about a t- mixer going down. Yeah, mixer. So mixer. <laughs> Wow, the how, how the quick just fallen, and how even you know this is great news for Twitch in the grand scheme of things, but Mixer is a platform for a lot of gamers and streamers to put out their content. Well, it likes to think it is. Well, it was. It is. It was. Was it? it was it? Yes, it, it was. It tried to be. It was. It, it was. It was doing fine. It was doing fine. Okay. I. I okay. I know a lot of people that have made the switch, so it was doing fine. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it was definitely getting it. It was, it was getting exposure. Yes, I agree. You know, they went out, they got, you know, the big names to sign. They got everybody in there, the ninja. They got everything going. But, yeah, they just up and pulled the plug. Yeah. And just said, yeah, we're going to Facebook. Oh, yep. You got a month to clean up. Uh, make sure you don't poo in the corner. Yep. Microsoft basically <laughs> said... They gave the big F you to all streamers. No heads up. No one was told anything before. But two weeks ago, Microsoft says it's shutting down the streaming platform to partner with Facebook Gaming. But hey, here's this link that you can sign up for Facebook Gaming now with some perks. Yeah, like $2,500 signing fee or whatever it is for the big streamers. Yeah. Oh, my, come on, man. Yep. 
Yeah. It's 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 insulting to the streamers out there. Yeah. It's it's a community that I've been trying to pay more attention to. Um, and, and I feel for them, man, because they make a living off of stuff. But it's so hard when you're making a living off of other people's systems, right? Yeah. Because they ultimately control and make those decisions. They're made in a boardroom. It was funny. There was some kind of controversy about some social unrest within Mixer. Like there was some racist comment that was made by management or something or a claim of it. You know, it is not saying that anything's being investigated or whatever. Then boom, like three days later, Microsoft is like, oh, and we're selling it. So, you know, Facebook is going to go, oh, we don't know anything about that. And yeah. everybody's just going to wash their hands and say, no, no, there's nothing happening here. It's just a streaming service and we're out of that business. So we won't talk about it. And Facebook will be like, oh, we inherited it. And that was not part of it. Yeah. Oh, so starting, yeah. So starting July 22nd, all Mixer sites and apps will redirect users to Facebook gaming, um, you know, and, and a lot of streamers who were able to monetize their content. Apparently, Facebook gaming has says that they will, quote unquote, honor and match all existing partner agreements as closely as possible. I love that <laughs> statement. As closely as possible. Yep. Honor and match all existing partner agreements as closely as possible. That's just that's that's just bullshit talk for we're gonna make some major changes to how you monetize and how you get paid. But we're not telling yep. you that now because we haven't figured this out. Because we want the numbers. Yeah. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. I love it. You know what? Like on top of it, let's just pull in another news item. Facebook uh advertisers boycotting Facebook. Like, it's a toxic place right now. Like, not only with an upcoming election and what went on with the last election, whether you want to acknowledge it or not, but, you know, what's going on with all of the abuses done by management at Facebook in terms of the hate speech and things like that showing up on the platform, causing, you know, basically companies, big companies, to not put their money in advertising on Facebook anymore. Like, even the banks in Canada, which is a totally different system than the States, they're huge up here. They refuse for the month of July to do any advertising on Facebook. Yeah. Right? So, and and Facebook are saying, well, it's not going to hurt our bottom line because all of our money basically comes from Chinese scam sites that are trying to sell you Oakley sunglasses. Yeah. You know, like, it's smaller retailers that basically are their bread and butter for advertising. So, they're claiming, like, it's not hurting. But, man, it's a public image. Like, it's a disaster. It's a public relations disaster for them. And now, that you know, we're going to try to become a gaming space. Oh, we're doing artificial or we're doing virtual reality too. Like the company just seems to be a total mess. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's in shambles right now. There's a lot going on right now. You have a CEO who doesn't know how to be a proper CEO still running the place. You know, typically by now, most CEOs would have been ousted, but Zucks is keeping as much power as a human can. And let's be honest here. That man was never a businessman first. He's a developer first, and he's looking out for his own company. He doesn't care about us. He's just trying to make the most money humanly possible right now. And let's be honest, he never really cared about security. He never really cared about things like that. So here we yeah, are. Yeah, they just came out this week, and oh, oops, we shared everybody's account info again by accident. Oops, oh, we're see. sorry. Come on. Yep. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Ah. That's so, you know, my, my take on this is that Mark Zuckerberg's day as CEO are for sure, for sure, for sure limited. If the oh, yeah. company I'd wants to rebound in Apple, stock. Man. 
mm-hmm. Steve Jobs. Just look at what happened to him. The knife in the back from the board. Yep. You know, and then he's going to come back in later and save the company. Man, it sucks, know. won't. Well, I think when he's done, he's going to give a big F you and sell all his premium stocks and, and just, you know, whatever. So it's made enough money. Good for him. Buy Facebook. Buy Facebook because I can see a lot of things changing. Um, yeah. Sticking with video game and now kind of transitioning into TV, Fallout. The post-apocalyptic video game franchise published by Bethesda Softworks is being turned into a TV series by Kilter Films. That's the production company of Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy, who you probably know of Westworld fame. Mm. But unfortunately, the first season will be unwatchable because it won't be complete and they're going to have to rewrite it three times. <laughs> There's going to be it's going to be bugs. Bugs all over the place. Bugs all over the place. The first episode only 10 minutes will play and then it'll have to be reworked. Exactly. <sighs> Sorry people. Redownload the episode onto your streaming platform of choice or Amazon in this case. Man, oh man. But it's it's a good franchise. I'm glad they're doing it, man. I'm glad that they're attempting it. Um I don't know. Like Westworld for me is weird. It started out so fresh, so fun. I mean, I'm I'm of the age that I remember the old Michael Crichton Westworld movie. All right, so uh, that was that was in my span, and uh, see it reborn, to see it on HBO, and then the second season got here, and all my friends, we all were like, "What is going on? This is getting real dark." really heavy i don't enjoy watching this but it's kind of like watching a train wreck the third season i haven't even finished it it it's out there man they're they're doing things and i applaud them in in one sense because i'm thinking maybe i'm just missing it maybe it's just over my head maybe i'm just not capable of getting into this but all my friends that used to watch it they don't watch it anymore they don't talk about it it's not just you it's not just you. Yeah. I don't know anyone. To, you know, they used to have a, a cover that was embedded into each episode in the first season. Like there was a Nine Inch Nail song or a Nirvana song or whatever that was covered in the old Westy kind of theme. And it was awesome. We'd talk about that. We'd talk about everything that would excite us. And now, yeah, nothing. There's no chatter. It's just dead. Yeah. So I hope that they have a better run. With Fallout, I know that they're still working on Westworld, so hopefully that comes back. Some great actors, great actresses in that franchise. It's but, just, unfortunately, it's a case of another another TV show that started off so strong because they've had they had so much time to write the plot, and then they were forced into writing things more quicker, quicker, faster. Yeah. <laughs> And I don't know. It just, this happens so often in TV. And the funny part, as I'm saying that, and this is why I was stalling a little bit, because I started thinking, wait, Westworld was delayed because they wanted to make sure that the story was right. Yeah, yeah. So It was a long break between season one and season two. Yeah, I remember. And season one was just, just a masterpiece. Just absolutely. I thought it was going to be like, you know, bigger than Game of Thrones. And yet they yeah. share the same fate. And that's something that we're going to be talking about in a few weeks is TV shows started off strong, finishing off flat. We can list shows like Lost, Smallville. Heroes. Heroes. Hopefully not Snowpiercer. (laughs) Oh, I think Snowpiercer is on a train track. (laughs) 
going off the cliff. Uh, okay, Snowpiercer talk. Yep. One second. This is my transition into Snowpiercer, by the yeah, way. Okay, great, great. Um, did you pick up that map that was on the wall of the, the train track? Yes. I kept on staring at that and thought, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you literally need to go to every continent in the world on a train? <laughs> I just don't get it. Like, they make a trip through Australia. <laughs> Because these are train enthusiasts being able to actually travel the world in trains. I yeah, I get I I, I actually know. came to that kind of conclusion, Boris. But I I know what a train hobbyists are are a lot of them are out there. Believe me, being a Lego enthusiast myself, I see them. Our paths cross. Um, it. I just, I, the TV show, man, it, it, the last two episodes have just been weird. Like, I already knew that where it was going, man. Like, it, it feels like the CW. It does. Just with the better actors, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's barely holding it together. But it, it well, can pull it Here's around. the thing. It's it's moving fast. You know, we're what, seven? Epi- this isn't going to be episode seven this week? Seven or eight. Yeah, so, you know, the show started off, episode one, you had talks of revolution of the tailies, the third class, and then it turned into a whodunit. Then the whodunit finished. Now we're back to revolution, conspiracies, and, and, and whatnot, you know? And now we're into the backstabbing portion yeah. of the series, and it's just, it's been crazy. But you know who's... Well, sound, sounds like Riverdale on a train. Take that back, you bastard. <laughs> Take that back. You'd never speak ill of a Jennifer Connolly project. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do feel bad about that, but man oh man. I it's just getting, like I say, CW-ish. It's just feels like it, it's kind of lost in its writing. But that being said, there's a movie that's apparently got quite a fan base. I'm looking forward to watching that with Chris Evans. Yeah. Maybe maybe this is a story that should only be told in two hour setting. Don't know that it's got the legs for a miniseries, but are you hey, saying they got the talent? You don't think it the has the, got Jennifer. the tracks for it? I don't think it's got the tracks, baby. There you go. So no, but seriously, I think the the issue with the sh- that I have with the show is that um, you know how are they going to get season two? It's already been renewed for season two. So how are they going to extend the story? And and here we are mid-season. We don't know what's going to happen, um, you know. But when you think about it, they're in a 1,001-cart train traveling around the world. How much can happen in a straight line? Are they like are there sections of the train that has like aliens? Are the tailies okay. going to be um, separated, you know, when they in, in, eventually fuck up the revolution? Um, yeah, what? Get this, man. That train, in the last episode, they admitted that it was 10 miles long. Yeah. 10 miles. Yeah. All right. Jennifer Conley goes to the back of the train to address the tailies, do some work, and then she's up in first class, seemingly instantly. Yeah. All right. That 10-mile walk in stiletto heels could not have been comfortable that's on a awesome moving train. Is. That is how awesome Jennifer Connolly, or in this case, Melanie Cavill is. She's she she's a boss. She can do a ten mile hike in heels in no time. It's just the the 
the disclosure of it is what I, I I'm not objecting to the fact that the physics issues exist. All right. I get the, to move the story and whatnot. You have to work around that. I get it. I get it from a storyteller's side. But when you specifically draw the attention to the physics in the episode and then you completely ignore the physics in the next scene. I'm like, man, that's some crazy shit writing right there. Like, that's the stuff that's starting to get to me. And I knew it was going to get to me. I knew this this movie or this show was going to become a train wreck. Oh. Ah. <laughs> I knew you'd like that. The dad humor comes out. Oh, that's, that's my favorite part of this show. <laughs> but, yeah, so. What's funny is that. I'm going to keep on watching it. We'll see what happens. It's funny because we talked about Snowpiercer, the movie, way back when in the original iteration of this show. Um, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good movie. You should watch it. Um, yeah, I, I downloaded it on Crave on the Crave app, so it's showing on Crave right now. So makes sense. And Chris Evans, you know what? He does, he does a good job. I, I like him, Captain America. Everything he does, I, I seem to like. Knives Out. He was awesome. Knives Out, Knives man. Out. He was awesome in Knives Out. He was awesome. like. It's funny because he he plays such a good douchebag. Any movie that he plays a douchebag, and Scott Pilgrim, um, Knives Out, he just knows how to play such a good douchebag. So here's yep. some cool video game news and TV news. Breaking Bad's Giancarlo Esposito will star in a mystery game project. Um, so he says it's supposed to be huge. And this is the guy who played Gus Fring on Breaking Bad. And he's also in The Mandalorian. And he says he's working on a huge video game. But he's not allowed to say about what. Hey, I think we're all thinking and wanting it to be Star Wars. Because did you see the news this week? This is probably related. They've come out with The Mandalorian book. They're going to novelize it. There's going to be a young adult novelization. There's going to be the art of the Mandalorian, which I'm super excited because I do collect the concept art. So, yeah. So we'll see what happens. And as well, they're talking about, you know, there's some wild rumors sitting out there about Star Wars, about, I don't know, maybe uh, changing up the last three movies and maybe uh, trying to redo them or wind it back a little bit. So it's getting kind of crazy out there in Star Wars land and with any actors that kind of touch it and come up with these statements that say, I'm not allowed to talk about this. It's interesting because the rumor is that John Favreau is going hammer and tongs against Kathleen Kennedy in the back about creative control and what has been done to the franchise. You, here's the thing. You can't undo what they've done. Yeah. It's, you can't, you can't. I don't know how you retcon it. Like, I, it blows my mind. You introduce a multiverse. Yeah, and you can't cheapen the no. storytelling. That's like what that. I mean. Like, I, I get it, and I'm not trying to say Marvel is cheap or DC that do these multiverse things, but that's a fabric that they wove into the comics. That's exactly like, it. It's, it's there. It's, it's, it's substance to the universe in order to have diversification. Otherwise these stories would exhaust themselves and we're done. All right. So that's that. But in star Wars, we've had nine films, which is a lot. All right. But my God, you know what? To cover up your lack of preparedness for the franchise through this kind of method 
is just embarrassing to me. It's like, make a map of what you want to do, what you want to achieve, and hire the people that are going to get it achieved and that agree with the vision. You know, it's that simple. It, it's map out your stuff. It just seems to me like the whole Star Wars thing is see to your pants. They're throwing all the shit at the wall to see what stick and Mandalorian stuck. You know, Force Awakens looked like it was going to stick and then it went to hell. And now we've got the Mandalorian there one season in. My gosh, I hope second season isn't a train wreck. Like, as a fan, poof. Well, that's the thing, you know? right? They give us some great content to begin with, like The Force Awakens. Say what you want about that movie. It was new. It was fresh. It was overall good. And then they follow it up with The Last Jedi. We all know what that was. And it is what it is. So here's yeah. another nice bit of news. DC and Spotify are working together on what, you ask? Well, DC and Spotify are going to be releasing some original content podcasts. Now, it's not going to be podcasts like you and or Boris and Phil podcast. And I said you because I'm staring at Phil. It's not going to be a podcast like that. They're going to be doing some theater. And it's going to be those live renditions of original and popular stories uh, with voice actors in a full-blown play type thing, kind of the old-school radio War of the Worlds type uh, production, um, and that's going to be released later this year, uh, and that's Spotify and DC working together on that, and I think that's kind of pretty cool. It, you know, they'll, they'll be able to expand some storylines, give uh, enter in a new market, make some more money. Why the hell not? Yeah, I think it's great, you know. Um, one of our one of the people that at least uh, I pay attention to in my little podcast sphere is uh, Fearless Fred and uh, Issue Zero. And he started doing his own Star Wars kind of uh, play on his podcast where he wrote a story and started voice acting it. And I thought it was a great, really brave uh, uh, way to interpret what it is that happens in this space. And uh, yeah, it's kind of fun. You know, it, it's... The, the big loser out of all this, I think, isn't going to be DC, isn't going to be Spotify, isn't going to be podcasters. The big loser is radio. Because radio is just an absolute, like the absence of live music right now and the absence of, a, with the effort of podcasters going into podcasting, um, it's really evaporated that space, Yeah, which is interesting. But I, I like the diversity here. I like the idea. I like audiobooks. I listen to a lot of audiobooks. So this is kind of, makes a little bit more tidbit-sized, bite-sized audiobook, just like watching YouTube or listening to a podcast. Yeah, that's exactly it. Phil, any Lego news this week? Uh, Lego news, yeah, they came out with art. <laughs> it's expensive, man. It's expensive. It looks tedious. I don't know how enjoyable the builds are going to be, but they brought out the Sith, Iron Man, uh, the Beatles, and Andy Warhol. So the famous um, Marilyn Monroe picture, the Beatles, you have to buy each one. They're going to be like 140 Canadian. So that's a lot of money. We're talking about 500 bucks. A lot of pieces, but they're little dots. I, 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 it's weird, man. I'm kind of curious, but I kind of don't want to spend my money on it because in August, all the new sets release. So we're looking at Mandalorian sets, you know, with an actual baby Yoda. Or the child. Uh, 
and there's a lot of the retro stuff like we talked about uh, revenge or sorry uh, return of the jedi battle scene um stuff like that so there's a lot of fun stuff coming out as far as the star wars stuff and there's always stuff coming out on that platform it's crazy the diversification of lego and their catalog is unreal yeah so there's a idw um is working on a spread and and uh, toy developers on a special Back to the Future, Transformer, DeLorean, mm. Time Machine into Robot toy that looks so cool. It yeah, stands at 5.5 inches, and it can convert to a time machine in 17 steps. So yeah. that's cool. I can't wait. I, I, I really can't wait. They, there's some art out on the internet about it. You should check it out. Um, I, I'm going to try and find a way to pre-order this. It's very rare that I go out and actually buy something now like this, like a toy or a collectible, uh, just because of my past experiences with the flood and losing everything. I just hesitate now. Uh, but these are two franchi- franchises that I can for sure get behind. Um, and and there's nothing there's nothing more exhilarating than the thrill of you thinking that you broke your transformer by trying to transform it. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's a shit your pants or swim moment, but I had GoBots, so I never had that. They were cast iron and plastic. <laughs> <laughs> telling you. Yep. So here. So it- yeah. Uh, what was the um, the new the new Transformers show on Netflix? I think it's coming out at the end of July, isn't yep. it? Yep. That's the pretty part awesome. Part one of the trilogy, whatever that means, we'll see. Oof. I can't wait. Well, that'll be fun. Yeah, new Transformers. Hopefully, it's good. It seems from the um, from the previews, it seems like it's a little more on the movie Transformers, the movie side, like the animated movie, so a little more on the violent yeah. side. So that's kind of cool, a little darker. Um, hey, has Harry Potter been canceled yet, or is that just J.K. Rowling? <laughs> oh man, ah, uh, what a mess that is, huh? Yeah. Oh man, she brought an opinion out and is not the right opinion well she she won't back off of it either i think that's the thing i think because she's doubling down it's just making things a lot worse look i'm not a fan of cancer culture i think that's you know people can view things the way they can and you then can choose whether to support them or not however you know as it pertains to abuse and things like that if you admit to it or you're proven to be doing it you know again i don't want us to cancel someone i just feel like people should pay the price um but yeah this is absolutely crazy and it's just really hurting the uh the harry potter fandoms and i'm not really too deep into it to know the huge ramifications and how it's changing but i know that they were working on a harry potter rpg game that was supposed to be released next year and uh, to me i'm gonna read into this a little more from that point of view from the fandom and how they're perceiving things uh point of view and kind of we'll talk about this probably next week uh yeah but it was supposed to be available for playstation 5 and xbox series x in 2021 um and it was supposed to be an open world role-playing game and it was you know the first major harry potter uh triple a title released so who knows if it's still going to happen um so it was it is being developed by avalanche software uh an open world hogwarts and surrounding areas uh i love how they make a point of this jk rowling has very little direct involvement so they're already separating from from her um 
Yeah. Check the franchise. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's and there's Fantastic Beasts in that world too. Yeah. Right. So under her tutelage. So there's a lot going on there. Um, I'm going to be honest. I've never watched the movies. I've watched or the, read the books. I watched, I've watched the first two movies. Never read the books. Never saw anything else. Harry Potter's not. It's just not my cup of tea. Yeah. That's, just it missed me. If I was younger, I would have been right into it. Um, I've watched Fantastic Beasts, both of those. I like those. They seem fine. I, I get the universe enough. It's kind of like Star Wars. You meet somebody who's never seen Star Wars. They probably know more about Star Wars than some other people because it's such a prevalent pop culture thing. And it's the same thing with, with Harry Potter, you know, muggles and all this stuff. I get it. Like, I'm like, okay, yeah, you don't need to explain it to me. I, I get a lot of stuff. I might be missing a hell of a lot more. I get that too. But yeah, I, I, I'm not an expert on Harry Potter. So, I apologize, Mr. Boris. So, we, no, I'm not either. So, I apologize to all of our Harry Potter fans. And let us know, are you still a fan? Do J.K. Rowling's um, yeah. thoughts and comments uh, change your mind about the entire franchise? I think we can yeah. delve into that bad boy a little more in a few weeks. Yeah, I want to I let the dust settle a little bit more on it and get a little more perspective. I just keep on seeing like weird headlines like Stephen King has blocked her and stuff yeah. like that. Like I just get these weird pop culture notifications about it and obviously the original stuff that she, you know, said. And uh, it, it's it's too bad because there's been a lot of times I agree with a lot of stuff she says when she gets politically motivated against, you know, certain aspects of society. And I'm going, well, that's pretty pretty interesting and informed decision that aligns with me. And then something like this happens and I'll go, oof, just, yeah. Not a good call. Not not smart. Here's a fun one. Here's a fun piece of news. Michael Bay's Songbird. The Actors Union has ordered the cast not to work on a pandemic movie during a pandemic. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, pandemic stuff, I can see wanting to tiptoe around it, but... You look at games like The Last of Us 2, Division, all these, like, there's a lot of fallout. All this stuff is centered around pretty huge world-altering events. Society has a fascination with that. And to be honest, like, I, I just can't believe that, like I say, 4 million copies sold, things like that. People are not staying away from this because they're concerned about it. They're They're running towards it. Well, with a lot of these like apocalyptic it's, it's, things, it's been huge. You know, you can always create a good apocalyptic movie about whatever. But what I find interesting and the irony here is that it's a movie about a pandemic being stopped because of the pandemic. Now the union is saying, telling the actors, do not report to work because they're unsafe because of said pandemic. Totally. So it's a movie about a pandemic being stopped because of a pandemic. Now being forced Man. to cancel again because of the ongoing pandemic. Yeah, that's a good take. Man, that's crazy. And uh, crazy. I thought it was being stopped for other reasons, but that makes sense. Like, just look at what's going on in sports. And like we talked about, dank and moist, right? Like going to Florida and it just the amount of cases and those poor people in Florida and everywhere else in the States is being affected by this. Um, it just seems like it's it's just everywhere. And yet, 
it, it's so fast and a lot of companies and leagues jumped in with both feet and now it looks like man oh man there might be some cold feet yep so I'm just going to say it, you know, like it looks awfully funny when Toronto FC are scheduled to go down there and then they're not going. Now, I know there's reasons for it, but I saw some of the supporters groups provide some uh, very interesting tweets today telling the players that we love that you're going to play, but don't put yourself at risk. If you don't want to go, we're okay with that. Yeah. And it's an important message to tell them. Like if some... uh, I don't agree with it. I'm, I'm decidedly in the camp that as much as I love sports... Uh, I don't need to see the last performance of my athletes. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Putting them in in such a, a place that they're not going to be able to recover, you know, God forbid, the worst case scenario. But even contract the disease and 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 you know, it's a complicated disease. Exactly. So let's recap. Everyone has started looking at the NBA and the NHL and the MLB's return um, to play later in late July, August. But a lot of people have overlooked at the fact that the MLS is supposed to start later on this week. And they as started up Snowpiercer. Yeah. And as teams are joining, going to uh, uh, Disney World, that's where they have their bubble in the wide world of sports. There's teams who are dropping like flies in the sense that so many positive cases of COVID-19 have sprung up. Um, there seems to be a minor outbreak. They're running a fighter, uh, a fire fest uh, seems out there because did you see the the pictures of like the food that they're getting? And these are professional oh, athletes yeah. getting like a bologna sandwich for sixty five dollars. Um, <laughs> Toronto stayed in Toronto up until Friday was when they were originally supposed to go. That didn't happen. They got turned around again yesterday because of stuff. I don't, you know, until stuff are confirmed, I don't want to really go too deep into that. And it's just, it's just such a shit show. And this is a league that's supposed to start later this week. And what is the league doing? They're canceling and moving games just so that they can still get the restart. But they're not taking a look at the bigger picture. Like you, you, you have teams not showing up. You have the Canadian teams not even going there. Like... It's such a mess, MLS. It's such a mess. It's such a MLS. Yeah. Man, oh, man. I'm telling you, my Snowpiercer was better. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's know. true, though. It's it's lives over profit. Uh, it's, you know, I guess the, the way that it comes off. And the worst to, part about to, this MLS is back tournament, and I hate that name, by the way, and I hate that Me it's too. caught on to it. Anyways, is that... This say, isn't even MLS is back. Yeah, this isn't even to crown the champion. This is a mid-season tournament, mainly for the U.S. spots in the CONCACAF Champions League. It's mainly to replace the U.S. Open Cup. So it has oh, wow. no real bar- bearing with the end season. So I just don't understand what's going on. And then you what? have... Sorry. I didn't even know that. I thought that this was the whole fucking no. kit and caboodle here. Like, come on, we're going to play it World Cup style, and those, those spots are on the on the line. I get it. But I thought this was the season, man. No, man. It was going to be like, okay, go home, rest up your quad. No, because they're literally trying to get back oh. to a regular schedule come September to finish the actual season. Oh, gosh. No. No, no, no. Okay, as a fan, as much as I love watching me some soccer, all right, some footy, love it. No, 
stay home, Toronto FC, please. Just no. Uh, I know, and it's good for them. I know the players will want to play because they they want to play. They're competitive. But I also think that there's a lot of apprehension when I'm looking at Omar Gonzalez's tweets, when I'm looking at Marky Delgado's tweets, when I'm looking at her, you know, their Instagram posts and stuff. A lot of hesitation, man. A lot of hesitation on the player side. A lot of hesitation on the management side. Yeah, and I then, was just uh, so commenting MLS. on Bob the Clerk yesterday. He was he. They went to uh, Atlanta. Went down to to Orlando. They flew out, and I was, you know, you could sense in the post that it wasn't a happy time that he was looking. Yeah, at. yeah. And then you have the MLB with more players testing positive. You have major players now saying, hey, I'm not going to play this season. Yesterday, you had Los Angeles Dodgers pitcher David Price saying, hey, I'm going to sit out the season for a go of my salary, but my health is more important. You had Mike Trout, you know, major, major superstar, probably the biggest uh, superstar in baseball today, basically saying, I feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And just think about this, guys. Like, all right, let's just say Toronto are really trying to, move stuff around in order to be able to play out of here and travel in and out of the city to complete the season. But do you think, all right, I, I, Boris and I have a little bit of experience with players. All right. Do you think those players are going to stay in quarantine when they're in Toronto? Do you think, you know, Oh, Hey, everybody's locked down the hotel tonight. Don't go here. Don't go there. Don't do this. Ain't no way. Ain't no way, especially with baseball, where you've got multiple, multiple days in the city, all right? And then you're on the next flight out. It's a lifestyle, I'm, I'm telling you. Bill can see me laugh right now because yeah, I'm just thinking of my personal experience with some <laughs> players. Yeah, exactly. We've both seen it. We both like, know that players are really good at being big kids sometimes, and you got to love them for it. But in this case, I think that it's the wrong concoction and a really interesting way to start potential problems and and it's you know i feel bad for the states it's there's a lot going on with politics and disease and all kinds of stuff not going to get into it but i'm just saying here in canada knock on wood so far we've been flattening that curve we've been doing what we're supposed to do there's, I watched a really interesting thing on CNN, a report on what Canada did right. And they, they admit that we got stuff wrong. But they said, by and large, we told people to wear masks and Canadians wore masks and still do. Uh, stuff like that. There's a lot of stuff that we're doing here as a society to really you know, do our best to, to flatten this curve. And it, the numbers are working in our favor. Knock on wood. All right. Now, I know that there's a lot to happen, but... These sports leagues and this relaxation of everything has just really got everybody's attention up here. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's crazy. And then with the NBA, you have, again, more players starting to test positive. You have camps starting to open. And, we'll, we'll, you know, it's a small percentage of players that are testing positive. But you have to think of it this way. They're in a bubble. They're all together. They're all quarantined together. All you need is a few cases, and it's going to be rampant. So, yeah, and you're talking about not only the athletes, but all the people who serve the athletes, the coaching staff, the medical staff, the food staff, the cleaning staff, everything around those people is a potential exposure point, mm-hmm. right? And it's going to be the thing that you don't see that gets you, you know what I mean? Like you may sit there and go, yeah, coaches, you know, we test them and all this, but then the poor, you know, immigrant cleaner 
that, you know, gets working two or three jobs and is in there, you know, cleaning the, the hotel rooms or whatever. And, and they're an asymptomatic carrier that maybe don't get tested with the frequency that the athletes do. And then, oh, all of a sudden athletes are starting to get sick and staff. We don't know where it's coming from. Who knows? Yeah. You know, there's so many potential sources. And then we look at, you know, the quote unquote. Errant trip to get a hamburger. Yeah, that's the thing. And you have these people coming in and out, the workers at least. And it's just, it's, it's, you just don't know how, how there's so many variables at play here. And all you need is one major outbreak to just halt the season. Personally, I think that we're not going to get through any of these seasons. Yeah, I, I think that we should just call 2020 as a wipe. Yeah. And just be like, because no matter what championship or whatever happens in 2020, it's always going to be an asterisk year. Yeah. All right. Except for Liverpool. Congrats, Liverpool. They worked an entire an season asterisk. to get to where they are. That's an asterisk. Right? That's an asterisk. That's an asterisk. No way. That's they an asterisk. It. Nah. Nah. But you're down to, you're down to five or six I'm, games. I'm in this you know, season, I'm joking. Right. Yeah, I know. I know. I just, just cause Liverpool, I get it. But <clears throat> it, it, it's the work's being done on that end. The way the seasons go, yeah. it's tough for hockey too, because a lot of the season was played tough for NBA, but I think the right thing to do Look, in everyone's interest is to just, you know, put a cut on it. Here's the thing, Phil, the Toronto Raptors were second, third in the league. Third, I think when we stopped playing behind the Lakers and the Bucks. So as a Toronto Raptors fan, it sucks because we had a lot of players' contracts running out at the end of the season. So mm -hmm. if they were going to have a repeat, you know, if they were going to win another championship, this was going to be their year. And it would have been beautifully sweet to do it, you know, against the Clippers and the Lakers. But I care more about the fucking health and safety of everyone involved, you know. And and like you said, it's not the athletes so much as the the poor workers who have to actually you know quote unquote serve these people and be there for these people that they're the ones who are probably working two three jobs and and you just don't know how what's going to end up happening. So those are the major sports, and then you know thinking and looking at wrestling, who are producing all of their shows out of Florida right now. WWE in the past two weeks have had several dozen positive COVID-19 tests dozen how insane is that and you know you can talk about the testing that they're doing or lack thereof testing that they're doing clearly they are testing people they you know the, the problem with the test is that it's a snapshot you're still yeah. traveling back and forth to Florida you're still who knows where they are staying when they're in Florida who knows what they're doing when they're in Florida who knows you know what who they're in contact with when they're in Florida there's so many variables at play so when they do do a test it's a snapshot that's and that, that very moment so when they perform yeah they might be getting a test done or checking their temperature but there's you're still you know, there's a chance that the symptoms haven't started showing or that you're asymptomatic and you're passing it on. And, you know, we just don't know, you know, and you, WWE you said doo doo. Yeah, I know. And you have WWE <laughs> who has allowed, you know, um, not regular fans, but trainees to serve as a crowd. And they weren't allowed to wear masks because Vince McMahon. Um, so that just adds to the exposure at this point. Um, you had this week AEW uh, allow fans 
that aren't trainees, like actual fans, but they're quote unquote sponsors and things like that and VIPs. Um, and they allowed them into Daly's place in Jacksonville, Florida. So, you know, Man. and you're seeing full on exposure and these rosters, people are married to each other. People are dating. They commingle. You've had the AEW champion, John Moxley, not able to appear on uh, dynamite because his wife, Renee Young tested positive and Renee Young works for WWE. So you're seeing this. All you need is one person in one small batch and it's going to absolutely throw things for a loop. So yep. you're seeing this on the wrestling scale. Can you imagine in a more closed bubble like NBA, oh. NHL, MLS? Isn't Didn't it happen in uh, NASCAR as well? One of the major drivers that was supposed to retire at the end of this year came down with COVID and can't do one of the races this weekend. I, He's sick with it. There you go. I, it, it's hitting everywhere. Like, yeah. you know, and I don't want it to become the COVID stuff or whatever it's, it's just our light sports talk and and wrestling and and all things you know in the in the pop culture kind of canon but yeah it's just concerning you know i feel bad for everybody um be safe stay home wear a mask you know please if you're going out wear one that's all i can say yeah you know just remember a mask. it's not politics it's, <laughs> it's not health is not politics health is health Health is yep. science. And when you wear a mask, it's not to help you. It's for others. Others. Yep. Others. Exactly. Don't be selfish. And that's that. That's my takeaway for the week, Phil. Don't be selfish. Yeah, that's a good takeaway. Unless that's you're good. eating shellfish. Then you can be huh? shellfish. Ooh, that's a deep cut bad dad joke there. Oof. Ooh, that's a stinker. A stinker, I'll yeah. tell you. I ate some tiger shrimp last night, and I'm stinky. Ugh. I'll tell you that much. Phil, we're about to wrap up part one of this episode. Second part will be released on Wednesday. Wednesday, we're going to talk about all things digital versus physical. And that can mean so many things. But what we mean is video games, comic books, books, digital music. versus movies. music, movies, blah, 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 blah. Digital versus physical. But before we go, Phil, I have something super important to ask you. Sure. Ask away. How's Animal Crossing going? Oh, boy. Well, I'll tell you, last week, I'm glad we took the break because the game started to wear me out. It's just, I've lost all focus. I don't have a house to pay for. I really don't care about getting a dog to come in and play in a concert, but whatever. But then this week, the new update. Summer is here in Animal Crossing, and we can go swimming. So I got my wetsuit, I got my snorkel, and I dove in, and now I'm getting clams, mussels, sea cucumbers, pearls, everything off the bottom of the ocean. So I found a way to spend even more useless time in Animal Crossing. It is weird, man. Weird. It's just a huge time sink because swimming is even slower than walking. So to swim around the island within the netting and be able to find these creatures and then dive down, scoop them out. And then the stupid part about the game is they don't let you know what your inventory is. They won't let you access your inventory, really. They whitewash it all so you can't see it. So you don't even know how much stuff you're carrying what your run's supposed to be. So I'm formulating my, my plans around that. And yeah, 
Stupid little raccoons, man. They're hand over fist making money, giving me money. I think I did a run last night that got me $50,000 or 50,000 bells, not right. dollars, bells. Yeah. So bank account's looking good. 1.2 million in there now. I'm telling you. Gonna, I'm buying plots. I'm introducing some weird creatures. I got this squid boy. I got some wolf guy who's into heavy metal. It's weird, man. There's some weird stuff in, in Nintendo land. They're <sighs> good on them. I, I just can't. Oh, come on, man. You just grind. It's just like the little penguin in Fight Club. Slide. No, grind. grind. <laughs> you just grind. You know what's really funny? I was watching that movie last night. Yeah, well, because we talked about it, I fired it up too. I found that uh, comic online, so I thought, oh, I better watch a movie. So I watched about half of it the other night. Yeah. Edward Norton, man. Best Bruce Banner. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Phil. How can our listeners get a hold of us? You can find us at www.itscanonpodcast.com. On Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at It's Canon Podcast. Email us at the show at itscanonpodcast.com or subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, really anywhere you find any app that does podcasts. If you like what you hear so far, make sure that you show some support by clicking on the subscribe button. And just remember that this show is made possible by listeners like you. So thank you. Thank you indeed. Thank you, everyone. And that is. A wrap for part one of the It's Canon Podcast. We talked all things news, all things everything here on the It's Canon Podcast. Part two, we're going to talk digital versus physical. If you're up to date in your podcast listening, that episode's going to be released Wednesday, July the 8th at noon. It's going to be a good one. Thank you, everyone. Stay tuned. Good night. <laughs>